Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Excellent. My name is Eddie Ledesma, and I'm the pastor of Spiritual Formation and Outreach. And this morning, I have the privilege just to share a couple of thoughts before we go into our time of testimony and video and a slideshow of all the wonderful images, all the wonderful things that have happened in the last 40 days. Now, the last 40 days, we've been involved in this 40 days of community campaign. And I must confess to you this morning that halfway through this campaign, I felt a little bit overwhelmed. Now, if you're like me, you were involved in a small group. If you're like me, you have been listening to many, many messages throughout these past 40 days. You've been going over different Bible studies in your small groups. And in the messages and in the Bible studies, we've been talking about serving the world, serving God, serving each other, about loving each other, about belonging, about connecting, about worshiping, about giving. We've been talking about so many important things. And halfway through this 40 days of community campaign, I began to feel a little bit overwhelmed. I literally had to get down on my knees and say to God, God, I can't do this. This is too much. I'm a human being. I'm a sinner. I'm sinful. You know, I'm learning about all these things that I have to do, that I should do, to be more like you, to be better, better together. And I went to the Lord with this prayer. I said, Lord, how can I do this? How can I humanly do this? And in the midst of that prayer, I believe that the Lord spoke to me. And He said, Eddie, you've been wrong. You've been trying to do 40 days of community. You've been trying to serve. You've been trying to help. You've been trying to worship. You've been trying to belong and love other people in your own strength. And the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said to me, it is not through your strength. It is through my spirit. It is through my power. And it is through my grace. See, living out the 40 days of community, nobody can do it. We can't do it in our own strength. We need God's power. We need His Spirit. And we need His grace. Now today is a very important day for us as a church. We are celebrating our 125th anniversary. We're also bringing to a close this 40 days of community campaign. And I want everyone to know this morning that we are not celebrating a building. We are not celebrating a program. We are not celebrating the work of a man or of a woman. We are not celebrating stained glass windows. We are celebrating Jesus Christ. We are celebrating God. We are celebrating the work of God through this church. And we remember the people that planted this church were pioneers. The people that planted this church were visionaries. The people that planted this church made a commitment to Pasadena and this urban community. We live in a day and age when churches have abandoned the urban community. We live in a day and age when churches are going farther out into the suburbs. But I want to tell you this morning that we as a church have made a commitment to downtown Pasadena. And we want to see all these people come to Christ. Men, women, children, every color and every creed. How many of you believe this this morning? That is our anniversary. That is our celebration. We are celebrating Christ. And as Ted mentioned, the 40 days of community, we've talked about service. We've talked about belonging. 
We've talked about growing. We've talked about reaching out and worshiping and giving. And I just want to make it plain and simple to you this morning. What we have been talking about are the characteristics of Jesus Christ. We're not merely talking about ideas and concepts and principles. Get that out of your mind. We're not talking about three points in a poem. We are talking about the very character of Jesus Christ, who Jesus is. And if you know a little bit about Jesus, Jesus was a servant. He served the poor. He served the sick. If you know anything about Jesus, Jesus was connected. He was connected to His Father. He was connected to people. And He was connected to His disciples. How many of you know that Jesus belonged to a small group? Right? He belonged to the group of twelve. He actually even belonged to another group. The group of three. Of Peter, James, and John. So Jesus was connected. So we're talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus reached out. He went beyond the Jewish folk. He went beyond Jerusalem. He went to other countries like Samaria, other regions. Jesus reached out to everyone. Not just the good people, but quote-unquote the bad people, the sinful people, the drunkards, the drug addicts, and the prostitutes. This is who Jesus is. And I just want to share with you, because I don't have a lot of time, and we're going to have some wonderful testimonies. And as I said, some video and some just wonderful slides that's going to show you what we've been doing the past 40 days. But I want to give you, it's not really a secret, but you can call it a secret ingredient. Because the question is this, 40 days of community, what makes it work? What's going to make service and belonging and worshiping and connecting and growing, what's going to make it work for you? And what's going to make it work is two things. It's prayer and the Holy Spirit. Prayer and the Holy Spirit. And over the years, people have asked me, you know, Pastor Eddie, what's the secret to a church growing? What's the secret to people getting saved? What's the secret about getting closer to God? Is it a Bible study? Is it a program? Is it a sermon series? No, it's not. It's prayer. It's prayer. It's prayer. It's prayer. And people ask me, what's the secret? What's the key to growth? How can people get more connected to God? How can we see our church making a difference? How can we see lives transformed? What's the secret? What's the key? What's the program? Right? That's what people ask. And the answer is, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit. We can do nothing in and of ourselves. In Zechariah 4.6, God said to Zechariah, It is not by strength, nor by power, but by my by my Spirit. And really quick, I just want to share just a couple of verses. If you look in your Bibles into the book of Acts, we're going to look at Acts 1 and 2, and then my time's going to come to a close here. What makes 40 days of community work? Prayer and the Holy Spirit. Just look in your Bibles in Acts chapter 1. And start reading at verse 1, and you're going to get a feel for Jesus, even in these few verses. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day He was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles He had chosen. After His suffering, He showed Himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that He was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days, 
and spoke about the kingdom of God. Wouldn't you have loved to listen to those messages about the kingdom of God? Verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Don't you love verse 4? Isn't that just like Jesus? He's eating. That's what the Bible says. Right? Remember when Jesus appeared to the disciples and they were on the boat and he asked them to bring their fish and he cooked it? He actually cooked the disciples' breakfast and he served them. So here we find Jesus again eating. Don't you like Jesus? Isn't he cool? Doesn't he know how to hang out and be loose and be relaxed? That's what the Bible says. While he was eating, you know. Listen up, guys. And after he tells them these last words, he's taken up into heaven. So all these wonderful and powerful things are happening at the same time. He's eating. And then he gives them these these last and most important final words. He says to them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. Why don't you circle that word gift in your Bible? But wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates. The Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power. Circle the word power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Circle the word witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So somehow, some way, the disciples were thinking, you know, we need to go somewhere out there. Somewhere beyond Jerusalem. You know, we need to get going. We need to take this somewhere else. And what did Jesus say? Stay in Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem. Stay in Pasadena. Stay in Old Town. Stay in the heart of the city. Are you following me this morning? Right? We're committed to Pasadena. We're committed to this area of Pasadena. Stay in Jerusalem. And then Jesus said, And then my Father will give you a gift. Isn't it interesting and isn't it sweet that Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a gift? He refers to the Holy Spirit as a gift. See, we pray out of obedience. Jesus told us to pray. We pray out of obedience. But we receive the Holy Spirit as a gift. It's your choice. It's your option to receive this gift. And if you receive this gift, this gift will give you the power to be a witness in your Jerusalem. And then if you go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, this is my last verse here as I bring this uh, short message to a close. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Where have you heard the word together before? Forty days of community, right? Better together. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They were praying. They were seeking God for many, many days. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now look at verse 5. 
Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under earth. Did it say some nations under earth? Did it say some? What did it say? Did it say just the whites but not the Mexicans? Did it say just the Filipinos but not the blacks? We were there. You were there. Your abuelito was there. Your grandmother was there. The Bible tells me that people from every nation were there. And it even gives us a list. When they had heard this, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And that day 3,000 people were saved and baptized. And do you remember when the disciples were asking Jesus, uh, should we leave? Should we go? Should we get out of Jerusalem? What did Jesus tell them? Stay. Wait. And pray. And God worked a miracle. He brought all the nations to them. And as I look at America today, as I look at Pasadena today, as I look at our congregation, we are a diverse and cross-cultural people. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to count how many nations we represent. Has anyone ever tried to figure it out? How many nations are represented in this church? Anybody ever tried to figure it out? I'd say, he says a bunch. But I'd say there's at least a dozen nations represented in this church. And it's through prayer and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that God has enabled us to reach our Jerusalem, which is Pasadena. And this is the commitment we've made. We've made this commitment to the city, and we've made this commitment to each other, and we've made this commitment to God. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have begun a good work. First Baptist Church of Pasadena, 125 years, Lord God. And this work will continue by your power, by your grace, as long as we are committed to prayer and the Great Commission, and the Great Commandment. And Lord God, we thank You for this campaign. We thank You, Lord God, because more people join small groups. We thank You, Lord God, because You've challenged this congregation to serve more, and pray more, and grow more, and reach out together more. We thank You for this, God. And Lord God, I just ask You to bless those that are going to be sharing testimony today. Just bless them. Just give them words, Lord God, powerful words that will resonate with our hearts because we all have the same heart this morning. And that heart is for you, that heart is for Christ, and that heart is for the lost, the lost people, the lost nations of this world and of Pasadena. I ask you this now in Jesus' holy name. And the people of God said, Amen. Good morning. Pastor Eddie asked me to share a short talk about how I reached to people to introduce Jesus by coming to our activities. I am Rachel Piol Pena, born in the Philippines, 
My husband and I migrated here in United States of America 18 years ago. Presently, I am part of the 40 days of community with Pastor Steve as our leader. I became closer to the members of our small group, lifting to God every day their particular needs. My passion is to invite people to our church events and last Harvest Festival celebration after the worship service, I saw a bunch of flyers at the lobby. I thought to myself, these flyers will not go to trash. So I get them and pass to whoever I meet at Old Town, especially family with children. Come to our church. It's just in the corner of Marengo, Union, and Halley, pointing to the direction here. If you can come this afternoon, come to our Sunday worship service and Sunday school. We have great ministries for all age group levels. Our pastors are warm and uh, friendly. They love God and people very much. We welcome all kinds of people, Buddhist, Hinduist, Roman Catholics, Muslims, and even pagans. Whether I'm on my daily walk for exercise or riding in the art bus, I'm always ready to hand someone a flyer of what's going on in our church. This is the flyer. Yeah, and I tell him or her, God loves you and me. And from then we have, we, dis- we discuss, you know, our faith. Before I go to sleep, I lift them all to God to touch their lives so they will have eternal life. For all of this, I give glory to God. I close my uh, brief sharing with my Bible verse found in Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and powerful and is sharper than, than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Thank you. My name is Ted, and um, in the last three years, my life has changed rather dramatically. I'm speaking of belonging together, but I was a bachelor for 37 years, living a pretty self-centered life, I think. Until three years ago, I, I fell in love with Joanna, a wonderful woman, and uh, we got married, and she moved into my place here in Pasadena. Uh, we left the church where we were serving and we, where we met. For 10 years, we were there. And also in the last three years, we had two kids, <laughs> not one but two, and I got a new position at the school where I work. And so a lot of changes happened, and each one of these changes um, was a significant life change, and putting them all together could be a recipe for disaster. Um, but fortunately, one humongous thing in our lives that have kind of kept our family together um, was the support of our small group. We have a, a couples group um, that meet in our home every week, and we actually meet in different people's homes, but we um, are all fairly newly married couples, and we share a meal together, and we pretty much just share life together. Um, in the last three years, we've been able to walk each other through a multitude of, of issues and things, changes in jobs, loss of family members, uh, new children, and even divorce. Um, so not only did we share the same station in life, 
Um, we also share a common faith in a church home. We share desire to serve together. We've um, both had you know, booths at these church fairs. We've packed these boxes here the other night. We've served at Door of Hope. And we also have a desire to have fun together. We used to go bowling every week. We go shooting on the range. Um, the guys will go to baseball games while the women do this pampered chef thing. Um, but just a bunch of stuff that we enjoy um, together. So although we are all very busy with our school and our work, we've all made a priority of making Thursday night it's kind of sacred for each other. Um, and so that's been a safe place for Joanna and I to be able to share what we've been going through and just to be real with other members of the body of Christ. Um, we have a place where we can vent and unload. We have a place where we can support other people and receive support ourselves. Um, so, and this all happened just by, by coming to this church and finding community here. If you desire this type of connection, um, it's an investment, but well worth it. I think new small groups are popping up here every every week, it seems like. So you can probably find somewhere to plug in pretty easily. Um, when Joanna and I decided to get married three years ago, I knew my life wasn't meant to be lived alone. And as a Christ follower, I'm um, committed to living in community and belonging to a community, if you will. So I would encourage you all that that really is the better way. Thank you. Those who participated in the 40 days of community were in for some surprises. At least I experienced one as we went through the better days of the 40 days of insightful daily readings and challenges for serving and loving God better. Early in the sharings, we were asked by our leader, Pastor Eddie, to think of someone who could reach out and touch someone with whom we had concern, for we had uh, a desire that they would be able to communicate with us. I immediately thought of a man at Atherton Baptist Homes whom I had uh, known for some time and had encountered many times as we passed by on the halls and walks, and I always greeted him but unfortunately, he never responded. Being a gregarious person, I felt hurt. Usually, I expect somebody to respond when I talk. But I, uh, according to the instructions, prayed hard for him and asked God and recorded in the annual that we were given that uh, day by day God would give me an opportunity where my, I might uh, be able to communicate with John. Because I have been at Atherton Baptist Home for many years and have led the local veterans in our annual Veterans Day observance, I knew that John had served World War II in Africa, Sicily, Italy, Germany, and was actually wounded in the Battle of the Bulge. In the mail one day, I received a catalog listing military awards and decorations, and immediately I thought of John, who had earned many of them. I wrote in my journal, asking the Lord to lead me, that I might use this catalog in some way to talk to John. I began carrying the catalog with me day by day in hopes that I would have an encounter with him.
Finally, one morning, I saw him going into the lounge to read the morning paper. I waited until he was seated, and I went up to him and placed the military awards catalog down in front of him. And immediately, his eyes widened, and he looked up to me and said, What's this? He was hard of hearing, so I shouted into his ear, These are military awards that you have perhaps uh, will recognize. They will serve for your memory. And he began to look at them, and he said, Oh, I have a lot of these. And so we started looking through them, and he saw the various ribbons and medals, and he would point to them and talk about their experiences in which he had participated and earned. And then we came to the one about the Battle of the Bulge, and he told me about being wounded there. And so our first encounter began. I came to realize that we both had a problem, poor hearing. And for him, he lived in a silent world, and he could not hear somebody say good morning as we passed. A passing good morning was always expressed but never responded to. But when we encountered each other up close and personal and talked about something that we both felt strongly about, he was a different person. Of course, it is better for us to be up close and personal with people that we talk to. It is better to find something of common interest in which to encourage an interest and to develop our conversation. Certainly, God loves us and cares for us, each one, and wants us very much to reach out and touch one another. God help us. My name is Kate. I'm a member of the young adult group here at First Baptist. Um, I've been coming here almost two years, and I've been uh, attending the young adult group for probably almost a year now. Um, I'm really enjoying the 40 days of community, um, getting to know the others in my group better, and um, being able to work on service projects. We did painting the gym yesterday. Um, And another ministry I'm involved in is the parent project uh, here at church. And it's just, it's a great... um, project that this church um, is opening its doors to. Um, I'm really enjoying working with other people in the church, um, other members of the young adult group, um, other members of the congregation, um, and students actually from the community itself, um, the William Carey Institute. And uh, it's just great working with these kids who you can see are having a rough time um, in their family, in their home life. Um, and just to come together every week and to work with them um, is just a great experience. And I just think it's a, a great thing that First Baptist can open its doors to this, um, this project. Hi, my name is Daniel. I've been attending First Baptist Church for almost five years. I'm currently involved with the Young Adult Group, where we're learning about 40 days of service. Uh, 40 days of service to us means how to help out the people outside of the church. Uh, uh, right now, I'm currently doing a, a basketball ministry where I get people from outside guys, young adults um, that like to play basketball and slowly um, 
praying and talking about God with them. Well, good morning. <laughs> Pastor Eddie, I'm going to call you to next Sunday morning. You're going to answer your phone? Because I don't know what to wear. I've been, this has been so good. I just get up in the morning, throw on the red shirt, and uh, take off, and it's easy. So uh, expect a call next Sunday morning. I'll say, what, or Saturday night maybe, when I put out my clothes, I'll call you and say, what do I wear tomorrow, Eddie? Wow, what a surprise. Tom and Maida. Welcome. All the way from Dubai. That's a long trip. Good to see you this morning. Yeah, you're right on time. Good to have everybody here today as we wrap up 40 Days of Community. Uh, In just a moment, I'm going to give the benediction. That's a Latin word. It means good diction or good word. A benediction is a, a good word to you from the Lord. And the benediction I will say is this. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We are wrapping up our 40 days of community, and one of our theme lines has been that we are better together. And thanks to Pastor Eddie for uh, charging us with this and gathering us together and forming new groups and calling out new leaders. And if you were leading a small group during 40 days of community, would you be willing to stand just a moment? Don't clap. We're not going to embarrass you or ask you to speech. If you were a leader, would you stand up? I know Eddie and Ted and myself and Antonia and Jonathan, several of us leaders, Uh, standing in the back. Now, if you were in a small group these last uh, six weeks, would you also stand? All right. Fantastic. Uh, A lot of us were in small groups this past week and uh, or past month, and uh, thank you. You may be seated. I just want to appreciate the leadership and all of you who participated in uh, 40 Days of Community. We are growing better together. The word community is actually the word uh, fellowship, and it's a rich word. Not far from here, in fact, our children tonight at our anniversary celebration will be in what we call Fellowship Hall. And if you've been around First Baptist for any time at all, you have been in Fellowship Hall. Underneath this word fellowship is the Greek word koinonia. Now, when you were in Fellowship Hall, I have a question. What did you do there? What have you done in Fellowship Hall? Give me some feedback, one or two words feedback. What did you do in Fellowship Hall? Eat. What else? Play games, prayed, sing. What about it? Studied the Bible. Yeah, that's right. Studied the Bible. Studied life. What else? Watch movies. Teach. What? Yeah. Some of you have uh, set up tables. And chairs. Some of you have taken down tables and chairs. Some of you have uh, brought food out and set it on tables. Some of you consumed all the food that was set on tables. Some of you washed up afterwards. A lot of stuff has happened in Fellowship Hall. And actually, all of those things, everything we've mentioned, helps us understand the richness behind this word koinonia. It's really one of the Apostle Paul's favorite words. It's a word that's found both in uh, Old and New Testaments. In fact, in um, Psalms, Psalm 25, we, we read the following, and, and you can just listen. We're not going to put this up. But in Psalm 25, it says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him, and He makes His covenant known to him, to them. The friendship of the Lord. That's the word koinonia. This relationship, this community we have. Now, 
the writer Apostle Paul loved this word koinonia, and he really took this word out of the culture and kind of gave it a new definition. And as he thought about how am I going to help these people who now are followers of Jesus, how am I going to help them understand whose they are, where they are, and what they're to do? And one of the ways he did that was this one word, koinonia, to help people understand whose they are, where they are, and what they're going to do. In fact, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and he says this, God is faithful by him, by God, you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful. Now, I've got my little chart up here, and uh, I'm going to practice my artwork again. The Scripture says God is faithful, and he's called us into koinonia with him. Now, let's pretend here's one of the Christ followers here at First Baptist Church, and God has called her into fellowship or koinonia with God. And so there is this fellowship, this relationship here. Now, <clears throat> I have three sons. Their names are Nathan, Roger, and Adam. And I'm their father. They had no choice in the matter. It just happened that way. They can't get out of it. They wish they could sometimes, but they can't. Now, those three are married, and they've given me four grandchildren, Eli, Caleb, Abigail, and Olivia. They also are in relationship with me. They can't get out of it. They're stuck with me. Now, though I've named seven folks there. I could go on and on, but I won't. Uh, but all seven of those people are in relationship with me, either as dad or papa. And we have a great, intimate relationship. It's a, it's a wonderful relationship. Now, the elections came up recently, and they've been going on, you know, for two years we've been preparing for this. We've had a lot of discussion because some of us believe this in my family and some of us believe that. And we've had some heated discussions. I walked out on one of them. Now, in this family, some of us drive Toyotas, some of us drive Nissans. In this family today, some of us will be rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs, one in eight, I think. Um, some of us will be rooting for the Pittsburgh Steelers, some of us will re- root for the Dallas Cowboys, and one other is going to root for the New Orleans Saints. Go figure. Now, in this family, some of us love bicycles, and we do a lot of cycling. Some of us hate bicycles and won't get on one, but we're still a family. Now, in this family, some of us are vegetarians, and some of us will eat anything put in front of us, even if it's been in the refrigerator a month, but we're still a family. You get the point, right? We cannot not be a family. We're in the family together. Now, they may walk out, but I'm still their dad. I may walk out, but they're still my sons. They're still my grandsons, my granddaughters. We are a family. Now, as uh, we think about this, Paul says God has called you into a relationship, and he calls it koinonia, into a fellowship with his son, with Jesus. So you have koinonia with God through Jesus. Uh, your fellowship. Lisa, do you have fellowship with God? Okay, Lisa says she has fellowship with God. So this is going to look just like Lisa. Uh, there you go. Now, she's in relationship with God. Noel, are you in uh, fellowship with God? Sometimes, he says. Okay, we'll put Noel up here. And uh, he's in a relationship to God. Now, we could go around the room. You get the point here. God has called you into koinonia with his very own self through Jesus. You're in relationship. But there's more to it than this, isn't there? Because we have to draw another arrow. 
And the arrow is like this. It's, uh, it's horizontal. Because just like in my family, you're not just re- in relationship with your dad or your mom. We're not just in relationship with God. By virtue of that, there's no way it's impossible that you're not in relationship with others. It just, that's a part of the deal, right? It's called koinonia. And Paul used this rich word, koinonia, to describe this relationship that we have with one another as well as with God. And 40 days of community has been wonderful. I've been reading this journal, as Bob alluded to, and each day it's had some very practical dimension of community that you could practice all day. Humility, uh, worship, love, sacrifice, giving, serving somebody else. Uh, There were lots of things that uh, we practiced together as we... Uh, developed community. Now, since we're in fellowship with God and we're in fellowship or koinonia with each other, uh, in the Bible there's actually a rich uh, fellowship of words to you to describe this one word. The word fellowship could be also said to be partnership, community, relationship. The word is used of sharing. The word is actually used of secrets and secret conversation. The word is used of a circle. It's a rich, rich word. And the Bible uses that word to help us understand who we are in Christ and what the relationship is we, that we have with each other. Um, in, in the early church, as people first became followers of Jesus, here's what we read in the very first uh, embryonic stage of the church. It says this. You'll be familiar with this verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Uh, just to pick up on where Eddie left off there, as they preached the gospel and people identified with Christ and were baptized, what did they do? It says, well, this is what they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the koinonia, and the breaking of bread and prayers. They were a part of a koinonia, a fellowship, a relationship, a partnership with each other and with God. Now, tonight, we're going together, and you, if you haven't signed up, we want you there anyhow. Don't miss 6 o'clock in our gymnasium. It'll be the new fellowship hall. And over 300 of us are going to gather together to celebrate 125 years of serving God in this community. Now, how can this happen? Well, I'll tell you how it happened. Almost a year ago, we began to talk about this, and dozens of dozens of people have rallied together and done something, shared the workload so that we can sit down at a wonderful meal tonight and eat it together. People have given money. People have given time. They've given of their energy and their creativity. It's a fellowship so that we can have this one event. Now, in a fellowship, um, part of the deal, of course, is that you watch my back and I watch yours. If I fall down, what are you supposed to do? Step on me. Unfortunately, some churches are like that. They shoot their wounded. But uh, that's not koinonia. If I fall down, yes, you're to pick me up. And if you fall down, I'm going to pick you up. And we're going to support one another in this fellowship. I'm there for you, and you're there for me. Why? Because we're in this relationship with God and with each other. Now, can you imagine, if we actually live out this koinonia, what Pasadena and the San Gabriel Valley and Los Angeles would think? of God's children here? Well, they'd come around just just to see the love. And I pray that even today, as we are together, they're going to be non-Christians with us. And I pray that they say, wow, this is something special going on here for 125 years. What is it? 
And let's not be defined as Baptists by what we're against, but by the love that we have, the koinonia we have within the body of Christ, which helps us reach out to others. We are better together. Whose are we? We're in fellowship with God. God has created that fellowship. He's called us into it. Where do we fellowship? We fellowship in this community, this koinonia, this body of Christ, God's body. He's put us together. What do we do? We go out to share God's love and all that we have with the world. Yesterday, one of the things I was going to go do was see Caleb in his playoff football game. They're winding down, and so I was going to drive out to Santa Clarita, and I was just ready to do that when Joyce called, and she said, uh, you're not going to the football game. I said, why not? She said, well, turn on the news. The freeways are closed because of the fire. Well, I spent the next amount of time calling some friends we had in Granada Hills who had to move out in the middle of the night just to see if they had a place to stay. Talked to Sally, and she said, we're okay. We're down in the middle of the valley. We've got a place to stay. And then later, my daughter-in-law, Shannon, called me, and she said, you need to pray for Tim Snow and his family. And I, we found out last night he's one of the folks that was in Selmar that lost his home, everything he had. They got out, but that's it. And she immediately said, well, what can we do at the bike shop to, to help Tim and his family? Fellowship, koinonia, sharing, saying, what can we do to help? That's what it's about. And I just want to thank you this morning for being a part of 40 Days of Community. Thanks to Eddie's leadership. Thanks for this rallying around one of the most important words in all the Bible, koinonia, to help us reach out to one another with God's love. So thank you for giving. Thank you for sharing your lives. Thank you for teaching Sunday school. Thank you for setting up tables. Thank you for washing tonight. Terry, where are you? You are going to wash dishes tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so many things we could go on and on. But thank you, thank you, thank you. And in the end, it's to God's glory because we love God and he's called us into a relationship with his son. We're going to do some more koinonia right now. If the ushers will come forward, it's time to receive the koinonia of the day. We're going to share together. And one of the uses for this word is Paul talks about the giving and the sharing we have together. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and remind you of the communication card that you've been given. And uh, we'd really like to be able to acknowledge your visit if you're a guest. We also pray as a staff every Tuesday for these prayer requests and then throughout the week. And if you'd like to uh, give a little money to help send the boxes out, we want to do that as well. So let me pray and then we'll uh, receive the offering. Lord, this is to your glory. We thank you for this day. As the day goes on, Lord, we really want to celebrate uh, that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We want to remember. We want to be challenged about what we will do for you in our day. So we lift this whole day up to you. We thank you for it. Thank you for these gifts now. In Jesus' name, amen.